I'm really excited about 2024 and all that God has for us. Our theme for the year is stepping in and stepping into all the promises, the purposes, the presence of God in 2024. Because our key verse is Joshua 1 and verse 3, where it says, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised. I want you to catch this. God says, I will give you every place where you set your foot, where you step in, you will activate God's promises in your life. And I believe that God is calling us to a new mindset. He wants us to be people who are not just content with survival or the status quo, but people who will step in and possess his promises and his purpose for 2024. Kind of like a Joshua generation, their transition between Moses' leadership, where they wandered around the wilderness surviving, to where now there's a new generation, a Joshua generation, ready to step in and possess God's promises, God's purposes. The interesting thing is that God could have eliminated all the enemies that Israel was to face as they stepped into the promised land with a thought with a word, but rather he chose to partner with Joshua and that generation and step by step, they went in and possessed the land. They faced battles, challenges, they made mistakes, but they had to step in to possess God's purpose and God's promises. And that requires faith and focus. And that's what I want to bring to us as we step into 2024. There's a verse that many of us are familiar with from Isaiah 43 and verse 18 and 19, where God says to his people, to us, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it or see it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God's doing a new thing and he says, you can't dwell on the past. We learn from the past. We draw lessons about God's faithfulness and other things out of the past. But he's talking here in the negative, don't dwell on the negative out of the past. He says, see, see, I'm doing a new thing. And then he asks the question, do you not see it? He says, see, but then he challenged, are you really looking for the new thing that God has for you? And so I want to talk about this new thing that God is wanting to do in your life, in our lives, and in the life of the church, a new thing as we step into 2024. We want to see it. We don't want to miss it. And so I'm going to talk about one thing. But it's actually a few questions that will focus our faith and our attention. A management consultant, Gary Keller, said this, what's the one thing I can do that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? Now, he's not suggesting that you're only going to do one thing, but he's actually asking you to consider what is the one 
thing you can do, and by so doing, simplify a whole lot of other things that you do, clarify a whole lot of other things you do, add faith to the other things that you do. And one of the way God gets our attention is by asking us questions. It's remarkable that all the questions that Jesus was asked, he only answers three directly. The rest he answers with another question. God loves asking us questions. It focuses our faith. Sometimes it makes us feel a little bit uncomfortable. It focuses on an action. It focuses us on stepping in, stepping forward into what he has for us. And I'm going to look at a number of one thing questions that God asks. And what I encourage is beyond listening to this message, watching it, is that you'll actually go back and reflect on these questions and allow the Holy Spirit to help you respond with faith so that you see, you perceive what God is actually trying to do in and through your life at this time. The first thing is what, are those, what is the one thing that you need to let go of as you step into 2024? To Moses, at least to Joshua, he said, Moses is dead. Stop looking at the past. This verse in Isaiah that we read, he says, don't dwell on the former things. Don't dwell on the past. Look and see the new thing that I'm doing. So what is the one thing that you need to let go of? The Apostle Paul in Philippians 3 describes his passion for Jesus. And he says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. He's basically saying, this is the great Apostle, I have not arrived. I'm not there yet. And then he says, but one thing I do, catch this, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He says, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and how do I forget what is behind? By straining forward to what God has for me, by pressing forward, by stepping in. As we step forward, we automatically leave what is behind us. What is behind you in 2023, or maybe it goes even further back, that is kind of still clinging to you, and it's the one thing that you need to let go of? Sometimes we forget that God has forgiven us and we still live in a sense of shame or guilt or regret. Maybe we're struggling with something that somebody else has done to us. Or maybe it's just what we've done ourselves and we go, if only I hadn't. I wish I hadn't. Well, God wants us to get free of that. There's always forgiveness. And the only way we can get freedom from our past is because we see who we are in Christ as holy, set apart, people that he doesn't blame, people that he died for and rose again so he could set us free from everything in our past so we could live for the future. What one thing do you need to let go of to step into 
2024. We break the power of the past by living for the future that God has for us. We break the power of the past by living for the future that God has for us. So again, what is the one thing that you need to do to follow Jesus that will help you leave stuff behind and not carry it into 2024? The second question is, what one thing do you lack? What one thing is missing in your life that God wants to have in your life that will help you in 2024? The incredible story of the rich young ruler who comes to Jesus and asks the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus asks him some questions and he answers how he's obeyed the law from a young child. And the scripture says that Jesus loved him. There was something about this young man that, that Jesus just responded to, something about his sincerity, his passion. And the word loved him literally means Jesus hugged him, like put his hands on his shoulders and says, I want to tell you what you need to do to step into your future. The question of what he must do to inherit life in the future, Jesus directs him to a decision that needs to be made in the present. Something he must do now. And Jesus looked at him and loved him And he said, one thing you lack. There's one thing missing in your life. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, then follow me. It says if you want to get truly free, if you want to step into your eternal future, he says you've got to do something now. And I want to encourage you, if you don't know Jesus yet, if you want to step into eternal future with God, there's a decision you need to make. Now, today, and we're going to help you with that. But what is the one thing that is holding you back? For this man, it was actually his possession, his material possessions that had got into his heart. And as much as Jesus loved him and admired him, he couldn't let go of that one thing. Jesus says there's just the one thing that you lack. You need to free your heart from your material possessions. So what is the one thing that is holding you back? from following Jesus more fully. What is it? Reflect on it. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And then ask Jesus to forgive, to cleanse, to empower, so you can step into 2024. The third question is, what is the one thing that is needed in your relationship with Jesus? Well, what is it that you need to do that help you keep growing in Christ and not just be static, not just be caught kind of in a no man's land? What is the one thing that you need to do to enhance, to grow your relationship with Jesus? And remember, what we do with Christ is far, far more important than what we do for Christ. He wants to partner. It's not just about, oh, I'm going to go and do that. It's about Jesus. I want to do this with you. I want you to do this with me. We have that amazing story where Jesus dropped in for a meal at Mary and Martha's house. And Mary sat at the feet of Jesus, listening to what he was saying, while Martha ran around. 
And I know immediately there are people who are action people are going, yeah, we always pick on Martha. I'm not doing that. What she was doing was helpful, was came out of a servant heart, was to be admired. But what Jesus challenges her about is just the priority of what she's doing and how she's doing. And she comes to Jesus says, tell my sister to do something to help me. I'm frazzled. I'm exhausted. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, notice these words. You are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing, one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Now, Jesus is not saying, Mary, you don't have to help around the house. He's not saying you shouldn't do some things that could be helpful to others. He's just saying, Martha, you got your priorities all mixed up at the moment. Notice, you are anxious and troubled about many things. And he says, if you want to sort that out, your anxiety and you're being troubled about many things, there's one thing you need to learn how to do. And that's to find space and time to sit at my feet and hear what I have to say to you. Jesus is not condemning Martha, but he reminds her with a firm gentleness, there's a better way of dealing with life's challenges. One thing is necessary. In the world that we live in, It's easy to be caught up with anxiety and things that trouble us. And they'll keep coming. That's life. But if you're going to get through the things that cause anxiety and trouble, you need to learn how to do this one thing. Find time to sit at the feet of Jesus and hear his word. Anxiety actually chokes what God is trying to say to us. And it chokes his purpose for our lives. Jesus in the parable of the sower talks about somebody who scatters seed over all sorts of different ground. And he talks about one in particular. He said that the seed that fell amongst the thorns stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures. And we know that materialism can choke what God's doing us. Pleasure that is not godly can destroy what God's doing us. But notice the one, the anxiety can choke God's word, what God's saying to us, trying to birth in us. And he says, and they don't mature. Remember what God has done for you is far more than important than your to-do list. And it's all right to have a a to-do list. It's all right to have goals and things like that. But top of it, anchoring that, is to rest in what Jesus has done and is doing in and through your life as you sit at his feet and hear what he's got to say to you. So what one thing will you do to grow your relationship with Jesus in 2024? The fourth question that I have that relates to one thing is what one promise do you need to claim? You can claim all the promises of God through this year, 
But I find usually God whispers something about here's a promise, here's a focus. This is what I'm trying to accomplish. And just waiting on him, sitting at the feet of Jesus, as we just talked about, and say, what is the one promise that will anchor and focus my life as I step into 2024? David, the psalmist, in Psalm 56 and verse 9 through 10 says this, this one thing I know, God is on my side. And then he says, how do I know it? I praise God for what he has promised. Some translations say, I praise God for his word, but it's his word to David, his promise to David. Yes, I praise the Lord for what he has promised. This one thing I know, there's one thing I know, God is on my side. David writes this psalm at a time of deep despair where he's struggling with doubt. He's made some bad choices as he's fleeing for his life from Saul. He goes to Gath, which is a Philistine stronghold, which is kind of ironic because he'd killed Goliath. He's not amongst friends there. He's running from King Saul's murderous rage, he's alone, he's desperate, he's afraid. But he anchors his heart in God's word, God's word to him, God's promise to him. And he says, there's one thing I know, God is on my side because of what he has promised me. In praising God's word, God's promise, David praises the God who speaks and then the God who carries out what he has spoken into our lives. Faith is our affirmation that what God has said to us is true. We will hang on to it. We will pray into it. We will believe for it. We will refresh his word, his promise in our hearts. Corrie Tam Byrne was an amazing lady who survived one of the camps in the Holocaust, it's a long story, it's an astonishing story. But in moments of darkness, she learned something and she said this, having survived that appalling period of history, let God's promises shine on your problems. Let God's promises shine on your, promise, on your problems. And so, we need to say, God, what is the one thing that you have to say to me? One promise by which I know that you are for me and I can let your promise shine on my problems. So which one promise from God will you claim in 2024? The final thing is what one thing do you desire from God? Again, we go to David, Psalm 27 and verse 4. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. One thing I ask of the Lord one thing, another translation says, I desire of the Lord. Again, the context of the psalm, just very briefly. 
is written in a moment of crisis for David. He talks about facing wicked men, enemies, foes. He talks about false witnesses who accuse him and who breathe out violence. This statement, this one thing I desire of the Lord, this one thing I ask from God, is not written in a pristine, perfect conditions where nothing is touching his life. There's wicked people, there's enemies, there's foes, there's false witnesses breathing out violence. But David says, in all of this chaos, I have one thing that I desire, that I ask of the Lord. The psalm opens with exuberance. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? He he tells us who he could fear. But he says, because the Lord is my light, And my salvation, the Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom then shall I be afraid? And he describes his passion of his heart. And he wants three things. He wants to dwell in the Lord's house. He wants to behold the Lord's beauty. And he wants to inquire of the Lord. As I land this, I want you to think about those three things. One thing I desire, I ask of the Lord, that I may dwell in your house, behold your beauty, and inquire of the Lord. The concept of dwelling is clear. We're not rushing. We're spending time. And when he talks about dwelling in the house of the Lord, he's not talking about finding a room in the temple and moving in, living in Jerusalem He's actually talking about being in God's presence. He says, I want to live my life in such a way that I live in your presence, that I'm aware of your presence, that I'm inviting your presence into my circumstances. With that attitude, it opens our heart to Christ and to the Holy Spirit's presence to fill us and to lead us. And Jesus promised in John 14, 16 and following, I will ask the Father, he'll give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. When you have a hunger to dwell in God's presence, the spirit dwells more fully in you. The second thing that David says is, I want to behold the beauty of the Lord. God, I want to find space in the fullness of my life, in the busyness of life, where I actually have time to enjoy you. And where else can you see such beauty than in the face of Jesus? The writer of Hebrews says of Jesus, the sun radiates God's own glory, and expresses the very character of God. He sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. And when he had cleansed us from sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. What a picture he paints. And I just want you to maybe read that verse again and reflect on it. It's in the face of Jesus. It's in beholding Jesus. We get to sense the fullness of all that God is and who he is. And 
to find that he's a God of grace who forgives, who cleanses, who invites us to his throne. And the final thing he says, I want to dwell, I want to behold, but I want to inquire. David seeks to inquire in his temple. And to inquire means, God, I want to hear what you have to say to me. I'm waiting for your word. I'm not just going to pray and walk away. I'm going to pray and then listen. I'm going to, as it were, say, God, well, what is it that you wanting to say to me? How can I be concerned that God never speaks if I'm never listening? And occasionally I hear that. Oh, I don't know. Well, the way you learn to hear God's voice is by waiting. There's a great story of Samuel as a young boy in left to serve in the temple with Eli, a priest. And it says the word of the Lord was rare. And the context is really nobody was really listening. In the time of judges, when everybody did that which is right in their own eyes. And young Samuel hears a voice calling him, Samuel, Samuel. And he thinks Eli has called him and he goes to Eli. And eventually Eli, it dawns on him, maybe it's God speaking to this young man. And so he says to him, next time you hear the voice, answer in this way. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And so he goes back to lie down and it says the Lord came and stood there calling as at other times. Just notice that phrase, as at other times. God had been speaking, but Samuel hadn't been listening. He didn't know how to listen. He was going to learn how to listen. And he ended up learning so well that it says that he did not let one word from God fall to the ground after this moment. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. I'm listening. I'm praying. I'm asking. But God, I'm listening. So those are some questions, points of reflection that I encourage you to take a little bit time over and allow God to speak into your life and set you up for all that he wants you to step into in this year, 2024. 